Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. I'm Greg Gonzalez. Uh, Got Brad with me here today. Uh, Jim is out. He'll uh, be with us next week. But on this episode, uh, we wanted to talk about designations. We get a lot of questions uh, from advisors and uh, elite advisor lab members about which designations they should look at, um, get, and um, and where they're useful um, in kind of setting yourself apart as far as a competitive advantage. And, uh, and, and this is a really interesting topic, Brad, because there's so many different designations out there um, that, that advisors can look at. I mean, the list seems almost endless to me. I've seen advisors with like 19 different designations so much that they, they have to, they can't fit all the designations behind their name on, um, on the business card. Have you seen those? Oh, absolutely. The alphabet soup, right? Alphabet soup. (laughs) So so we wanted to, you know, spend some time on, on, uh, this episode talking about that, talking about, you know, even degrees as well, whether you have a bachelor's in finance or accounting or uh, a master's and, you know, an MBA or, you know, a master's in finance, whatever it happens to be. So, uh, so yeah, Brad, let's, I'm going to let you kind of kick it off as you're, as you're thinking about designations, uh, which ones do you think um, just off the top of your head seem to be more, most useful um, to the, to the average financial advisor out there. Um, certainly there's the des- designations that are more specific in nature. You know, there's the, uh, for those people that want to, uh, specialize in, uh, advising people with that are high net worth or that are, uh, divorcees or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, so let's, I mean, we might as well get the elephant out of the room that the big one is going to be the CFP, which Greg, I, I believe you have a CFP, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I got the CFP. Yep. So you got the the big ones, the CFP and then uh, the CHFC, Chartered Financial Consultant, I I believe. um, So while we're actually talking about those two, so CFP still requires four-year degree, correct, Greg? I believe so. And isn't, I I think before you can use, you have to have like years of experience in in the business kind of thing uh, before you can use the, um, you know, credentials um, fully, I guess. Right. So I think that uh, the big difference I don't think we have any CHFCs on the podcast, but I, I've always understood the difference between the CFP and the CHFC. Is CFP, uh, you have the comprehensive exam at the end, whereas I believe the CHFC is still just modular, where once you finish, you know, each each part, there's an exam, but there's not a comprehensive one. And then uh, the CHFC also has the, I think it has three extra courses and then uh, different or lesser experience requirements to use the mark. So I think they're two, I think both of those in terms of knowledge are probably pretty similar. And I think they're two of the more well-respected designations in the industry along with, um, what else do we have out there that uh, probably is worthwhile exploring that got the AIF? The, the, AI, the, 
the AIF has been around a while. I thought it was kind of a new, so that's yeah. an accredited investment fiduciary. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. So, and, and I thought of it, oh, it's it's been, um, you know, this is something kind of brand new, but it's it's been around for like decades, hasn't it? You know, I don't know how many decades it's been around. I want to say at least probably 20 years. I've had it for uh, roughly a decade, I would say, and it was not new when I got it. So okay. um, AIF is, a, is probably another good one, um, is worth a look. Uh, focuses a lot on fiduciary process. Also, obviously, uh, you know, gives you that nice plaque and credentials to hang on your wall. Because I'm sure we all get the "Are you a fiduciary?" question a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and what better way to say that you are than with a plaque? <laughs> yeah, to, to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> to prove uh, it. Really, though, for anybody listening, if you do, you know, uh, if you do uh, any work in the high net worth space, if you do any work with with trusts with uh, foundations or endowments, a lot of those, um, a lot of that AIF knowledge is going to, is going to come in handy in working with those types of clients, because you're going to have very heavy focus on fiduciary process, which you're going to want to have documented for entities like that. So there's a, the AI, I don't, Greg, do you know, they still have the, the AIFA? Have you seen that? I don't, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't run into it, but uh, it might still be out there. Or is it one of those where it's, you know, there's a change with the designation kind of like the SEMA where yeah. they, you, you remember that uh, big change back in the day. So the the easiest way guys that I could tell you when I took the class for the AIF, the, the AIFA, if the AIF is a master's degree in fiduciary processes, the AIFA is, is the PhD in dissertation. Right. It's okay. the same deal, but it's way, way more in depth and um or and more involved to get. So um I don't know that that's I don't know that's probably real applicable for a lot of people in our in our roles, but it is out there. Greg, I want to switch gears to to one of the, uh, a designation that that you're working on that I think is really cool. Um you're working on your enrolled agent credential, correct? Yeah, yeah. Enrolled agent, it's several exams. Um and uh, some of it's going to be less applicable than than others, of course. To get it, you know, you've got to only not only uh, understand personal taxation, but also, um, you know, corporate as well. So uh, it's, um, yeah, a couple different uh, segments of it. I've uh, this business has gotten so busy this year. The podcast has gotten <laughs> so busy. I uh, I haven't. Uh, my goal was to. To, to pass it by the end of the year, but that has that is one of my few goals that I have uh, kind of pushed off. But uh, you still have but, time. I, I do, I do. I'm, uh, but, uh, but yeah, in, in enrolled agent for those that that don't know, there's there's three people that could represent you in front of the IRS. Number one is going to be a, a tax attorney. Number two is, of course, going to be a CPA, and number three is going to be uh, an enrolled agent. So, uh, and I and I I tell that, or I, I have friends that are enrolled agents that actually, you know. Um, Pro, you know, promote that 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 designation to their clients and say, "Hey, this is uh, this is what it is. This is how it's applicable, and this is how I can I use it to help clients with tax planning." So, um, so it, it's going to be you know taxes, especially in this day and age, is kind of a, a hot button for a lot of people, especially higher net worth and retirees. So, so I I bring in, I bring up the enrolled agent guys for for a reason because I I feel like Greg is the perfect example of. Um, uh, if you're going to do this business right, it, Greg is doing designations right. You know, we talk a lot about, um, you know, that the knowledge is the important part and not necessarily the letters. So what do a lot of people think that, right, they'll get their CFP and they stuff it on their business card and the floodgates open with clients? Greg, is that the case? No, 
No. no. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I thought having my name on the CFP website, you know, because somebody told me, oh, you're going to get new clients just by having your name on the CFP website. It's like there are like 50 CFPs like within like a mile of my office. So right. I can tell you, you know, maybe on your location that that may factor in, but no, that has not happened. Um, right. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is great. You learn a lot. It's a great designation. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I really. It's the only only like credential I've ever uh, studied for that I've actually enjoyed the content. I know that sounds weird, but um, but it's good so, stuff. Yeah. So on top of that, right? So then you have the enrolled agent credential, and and that's not really you know that's not really common in our industry, but it's a great one to have. Most people get the enrolled agent, hang a shingle, and start doing tax prep. Greg, you're not doing that either, right? I'm not. No, right? I'm not. So, so look at what we have here, everybody. Right. So, Greg's got. You have a bachelor's in finance, also. A uh, bachelor's right? in accounting, master's in finance and economics. All right. Okay. So there you. All right. So there you go. So I know those things. One because I was doing something for the website for the podcast, and I read Greg's bio because I was bored one night. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known those things. Yep. Right. The CFP. I asked him right before we started recording, uh, just to be sure. I was pretty sure he did, but. That's how little it's plastered all over his material and how much he's touting it is that I, I talk to him every day for years and I had to verify that he has one. And I'm sure that the enrolled agent will go the same, but what he does with that two degrees in finance and the enrolled agent credential and the CFP is perfectly applies the knowledge, distills it down into understandable chunks for his clients and prospects and, and they can see it. And they can see that he knows, right? They got to trust him and they got to like him, but he's able to use that knowledge and make sure they know damn well that he can do the job for them and he can do it best. So I think that has always stood out to me about you, Greg. You are one of the most highly credentialed advisors in, in the industry. I mean, that's just a fact, right? Sure, you can go overkill with some designations that really don't belong like a CFA or a CPA, but I mean, man, two degrees, a CFP, soon to be enrolled agent. And I had to ask. That's yeah. just, you're using the knowledge, man. You're using the knowledge. And you know, you know, what's crazy, Brad, is we'll, we'll talk about the, you know, the, like the CFP, for example, I, I would, if I asked my clients, you know, and took a survey, how many of them actually know what it is? Like, what do you think CFP actually, they would say, um, college football player, like, <laughs> They would, no. yeah. You know they. Uh, <laughs> oh, you were in the. Oh, I didn't know you played football. They, they, Did you make what, the playoffs? This you made the CFP playoffs. College football playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, and and I know there's some advisors out there that that use their certifications or designations and and they they uh you know say it to client as you know as is a competitive advantage and say oh if you're not working with a cfp you know oh you're dumb or you're this or that you know you've got to be working i have never ever you know said those things it's you know if 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 they ask about it yes i'm a you, you probably noticed i'm i'm a certified financial planner working on the enrolled agent because tax planning is really really important uh to our clients and, and the job that we do with them um so or for them so yeah um the the thing is um with uh with the questions that we get from prospects and clients Brad it still comes back to and and I you know haven't been in this business for decades and decades or you know anything like that but but you know back when when I started uh just kind of get my feet wet um 10 years ago or so 
I never was asked about, are you a fiduciary? Nobody ever asked me that. But it's like the fa- past five, six years or so, everybody has been kind of asking, are you a fiduciary? Um, and so that's why I think if, and so my next thing that I'm going to start working on, Brad, is the AIF, because cool. I, I think it's going to just remove that. It's like, yes, I am an AIF. Because even if you say, oh, yes, I'm a certified financial planner, you know, we, we have a high standard of ethics and you go, kind of go into that, they still don't buy it. I think <laughs> like they need, they, they need to see it. They need to see that word. So what do you think about that? I, I agree. And I think, you know, what you were just describing, if there's a reason to have the letters for the sake of the letters, you're at least, you're not disqualifying yourself, right? If someone reads an article online that says, hey, you should work with a CFP, right? Greg, you're not going to lose your opportunity to get that client. If someone right. says they should work with a fiduciary and they see you have the AIF, it's a complicated concept for a lot of people. The AIF can answer, are you a fiduciary? Yes, very easily. Again, just we'll make sure that you get your a fair crack at that person. So I think that if you're going to use the letters, right, if there's value to having the letters, it's you're not going to get disqualified because some article somewhere on the internet said, don't work with someone who's not a CFP. But other than that, you want to apply the knowledge for these things just the way that that, that Greg is. Um, and actually, we, have a, we, we lied earlier. We lied when we said that Jim would be with us next week. Because oh, yeah. now there he is in the flesh. Well, virtually not in the flesh. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Good, good. I, I love this conversation, and I'm, I'm late to the game. And for those of you who uh, who don't know, I'm I, I go to the dentist way too often. So brush your teeth, floss, and do all the things you're supposed to. Drink uh, Mountain yeah, Dew. Drink, yeah, don't do that, Craig. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, just listening to the conversation. You know, my my only comment on it, guys, is like I, I don't have a lot of people ask if I'm I'm not a CFP. I, I refuse to go get it at this point in my life. I. I just will not, I do not want to do the CE, the training and everything else associated with it because I've, I, I never get asked it, but I have heard from people that do have it, that sometimes people do seek out CFPs. So you might be missing out on the slice of the population if you don't have it. So Greg, I don't, do you experience that? Do you have people that seek you out because you are the, are a CFP? Do they just, do they bring that up ever? They, um, when they're when they're inter- some, sometimes prospects will come in with a list of questions and and I right. have had some people that say oh are you a CFP and I'm like you know damn well I'm a CFP it's on my business card <laughs> it's on my website you know? it's like, or they'll say oh I saw that um, you're a CFP on your I mean they'll they'll indicate that yeah I I, I did see it but uh, you know Jim I actually had an email from somebody and and you and you know we all do a lot of marketing and this this person I I don't know where this woman came from if she was a referral or what but she asked me a question are you a, a cff and i'm like what the hell is a cff i'd never I'd like what is never, a cff it's a certified financial fiduciary oh and my I, god i had to google the damn thing <laughs> but uh I, boy there's my, a letter for everything buddy there's a letter for everything I don't even know where she heard that from, but uh, but anyway, she wanted to know that, and I emailed her back. I said, "No, ma'am, I am not a a CFF." So I'm looking it up right now. I had never even heard of it before. <laughs> I I hadn't either. I had to like like find it, like like search, like what is she talking about? Because there's guys, a- I honestly think on the on that front, two things. I think designations that no one has any clue what they are, and also putting too many designations on your on your 
business card, on your letterhead, on your everything. It waters, I think it waters it down, right? I think you've got a, a half a dozen or so respected designations you could go for, you know, CFP, CHFC, AIF, CPA, EA, CFA, maybe one or two others, right? CMO, maybe. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Right. You know what? If you get two or three, I think is two, maybe three looks okay on a business card. Any more than that, I think it starts to look busy. So I think, and they're the ones, you know, they're the ones with the knowledge. They're the ones with the real coursework that you're not getting in a, you know, an overnight online class. Um, so don't, a point being, I guess, if you're going to put that stuff on your literature, you know, don't water the CFP down with the what? CF, CFF? CFF. Yep. CFF. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, by the way, to the CFF people, uh, I know, uh, full disclosure, I know nothing about your designation. It could be super high quality and maybe people should check it out. I have no idea. I've just never heard of it. Did you find anything on it, Jim? Just curious. <laughs> they're, they're getting yeah. their website ready. Still. Yeah, I was on. It's for... <laughs> Who knows where, you know, these are, some of these are fake, and I'm not saying this is a fake one. Some of these are fake, um, fake things. I think there's, I, I do think there's some value in having some letters after it shows you a commitment. And, and, and I think if, I think the two best, if I, or maybe the three, cause I don't want to leave Brad out, but um, I think the, I think the two or three best, I, I think an EA, if you want to have an angle with working with higher network people and talking about taxes, which Greg is getting, and I think the CFP, if you get those two, I mean, that's plenty. You don't go to see an attorney. It, it, they have JD after their name. They don't have JD and 12 different things after their name. It just, it just seems silly a lot of times. And, um, you know, I don't like, I, 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 this is not a knock against Kitsis, but he doesn't, I don't, he doesn't meet with clients. Right. So I can, I can say this, but you know, he's got like 400 designations. I feel like, like when I look at his like designation, like, does he just take tests all day? Like, you know, that's what you have to think about with like, if you're an advisor, not, not him. I mean, you know, he's obviously a guy that loves to learn and, and grow and, and we would never, he, you know, he's kind of the godfather of the podcasting financial advising industry, but but reality is like, I don't know that you have the time or you should focus on it. And then the CE complications around this. I mean, you know, there's a there's a burden on that. And it wants to sit in. CE is the most miserable thing I can <laughs> think of spending time on. So that's that's kind of my thoughts on it. Good. And and has has not having, and I think, Jim, you, you talked about this, but you don't get the, are you a CFP? Or are you this? Or are you that? But is is not having the designations have it has do you think it's ever cost you business it probably has only in the sense of um if i get in front of them i don't think it cost me the business because okay. we're really good at what we do and and right. and i challenge any cfp to have a conversation with knowledge in the business it, getting your designation does not mean you're smart you know it's just you pass the test like but but i do think i do think there are prospects who self eliminate because they've been told by someone somewhere or somehow that they need to find advisor with a CFP, they go to my website and I don't have it. My workaround is I'm I'm encouraging both of my um both of my associate advisors to get it. So we will have CFPs on staff. Because again, at this point, I'd rather sell the business than go sit through a six hour test. I'm just not doing it. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, Jim- I've heard before also that that just what you said that like there's you know probably some evidence out there that you and I are missing out on some business. We just are never seeing it because they're selecting us out of their prospect list before they make the first phone call. Whereas Greg is seeing it. Also, the other thing at play there, I think, is I don't know exactly how to word this, but Jim, you and I both in rural areas, like 
I know there are many areas in my community where lots of adults still don't have smartphones, right? And they're, you know, they're farming communities. So like, I don't, I don't, none of that touch screen stuff. Like it's just a less kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, cutting edge up to date. Like, whereas in a more metropolitan area, I feel like people are generally more, you know, the newest, latest and greatest, whether it's phones, cars, designations, whatever. I, I just, I feel like maybe that comes into play here too, where Greg gets that maybe more sees. He's Greg, would you say earlier 50 CFPs in a mile radius of you? Yeah. Yeah. I have probably three in my whole County and that's not an exaggeration. And and um, the other thing I think is your, your, I think that's a great point, like a really good point. I think the other thing is, would be um, the, the people you're going after. If you're going after a younger demographic who they're going to go out to Google and research what they need to ask an advisor and what an advisor should have. I think that could also be a, uh, a barrier to working with them. I think the cool thing to think about though, is what our goal should be with a designation. Obviously, you're going to learn a little bit getting your CFP, but what you're trying to do is remove friction from a relationship. You're trying to get credibility with a client. And if you if you had your CFP, I think it does remove friction from people choosing you. I think yeah. it just is a it's a, it removes a barrier to working with you because you're you're certified financial professional and they do have good marketing. So yeah. I would say like, if you're, if you don't, if you're in your twenties or thirties or you, you got to get it, I, I would really encourage you. Look, if you're in your, I'm in my, my mid forties, I'm not going to tell you I'm in my late forties, although I'm probably am, but I, I'm getting there. And you know, it, maybe you, maybe you're not as much as if you're established, but I think there's some other considerations like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, pass my CFP late twenties, I think probably, um, if I have to remember, but, uh, I, I totally get what you guys are saying. One one thing I want to kind of uh, change gears, but as as far as the certifications that are very specific to a specific niche, um, so um, so and we've heard the advisors that are a certified divorce financial analyst. I think there's one advisor that the three of us knows that that we know as a collective unit that that does a lot of divorce work, and so that designation appeals to a lot of the ter- the attorneys, the divorce attorneys that end up sending that advisor work. Uh, can you guys talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to choose a niche like that, I think it's great. And then there's um, one of our guys in the lab um, in the elite advisor lab is a certified exit planner, which is really working in this business, helping people exit small businesses. I, I think if you're going to be, if you're going to get a certification, like one of these rogue, like I can't imagine people that want to get like a retirement income certification. Like, what are you getting certified for? But I think it's, I think if you're going to want to work with divorcees or exit planning or any of these kinds of things, I think they could be very valuable. I've heard good things about the, uh, the divorce credential. Uh, was the CDFA? Yeah. CDFA. Yeah. I had to look it up, Brad. So (laughs) yeah, I think we all know, I think we all know a couple of guys. Now it's, it's harder in the captive space to leverage that one. And actually to leverage a lot of the niche ones. Maybe if you get approval for some of the niche ones to put them on your business card, don't be surprised. That's a good tip, guys. Anybody listening, if you're if you're thinking about designation before you do the class and pay the fee, check with your compliance department. Make sure you're allowed to, to advertise that you hold it because there are a lot that you're not allowed to. That's a good point. Um, That's a yeah. very, very, very good point, Brad. And and what I'll say is from the the very few clients that I have that have gone through divorces, 
Um, number one, they're, um, and I, I work with primarily women, right? So they're coming to me, uh, leaving. So there's money in motion. So think about that. Hey, money in motion. People want to focus on retirees because there's rollovers. There's money in motion. Same thing with uh, a business exit strategy. Again, money in motion. Divorces, they have been they've been pretty fun to work with. And so I, you know, I focus on retirement planning. That's not going to change. But if I had to go back and 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 pick a niche, it would probably be the divorce market. And I'd probably get that a certified divorce financial analyst and reach out to every a divorce attorney in, in my area and say, hey, this is how I can help you. If you know you got clients that are going through a divorce and I, I can be of assistance, let me know. I I, I it's it's pretty interesting. And the divorces, they can get pretty ugly, uh, which is kind of fun. I don't know. Maybe I like the drama. So <laughs> I think it's a good point, though. And, and if you're like thinking about choosing a niche, you can go out and um, you could search for the who, how, however many people you have in your area. You might be surprised. You might be in an area with one or no advisors with that credentialing, and that could be a real could be a real feather in your cap. That's a great point, Greg. I think it, you know I would go out if I'm if I'm an advisor and I'm kind of struggling, like I want to get something more than the CFP or whatever else I have. I I, I would look at that if you like that space. Yeah. So, um, so, you know what, maybe we should try and get somebody from that organization on as a guest one day, talk about that credential. Cause I, I know we all know several advisors that hold it on the independent side that, that have leveraged it successfully for more than selling capital income builder, right. That have built real side businesses and, and sales funnels off that designation. Maybe we should do one, uh, at least do an episode where it's a deep dive on that one. Yeah. Yeah, so. that would be cool. That that's the designation that I would get if I had to go back and you know had to do it over again and couldn't focus on retirement planning. Yeah, that's what I would do because the, like I said, I've only had just a handful of clients get divorced, but they they've all been pretty. Uh, well, guys, we we know two advisors that do this and do it very effectively. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think they make a great guess because um, I don't think it's this huge money maker, and I think I think a lot of them. They do hour, hourly work as well. So yep. I really think this appeals more to um, to an RA space or or a very more of a liberal kind of um, broker dealer who's willing to do that on the indie so, side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fascinating though. Yeah, sure. yeah. Well, guys, this is a this has been a you know fascinating discussion um, talking about designations, credentials, um, leveraging. The knowledge, not the letters, is what Brad. Um, the great title that Brad came up. Um, but we're uh, we're going to wrap this up. Let's let's go around for final thoughts today. Mine's the title. Use the knowledge, not the letters. That's what's important. And what's crazy to me is the letters. Like I said, uh, the CFP, you know, for example, college football playoffs. <laughs> That's what my clients are going to tell you it means. There's a few, a handful that uh, would know. Um, the CFP used to do like commercials on TV. and I We are Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, but it, as far as what you can learn and, and how it can improve you as an advisor, you know, big time CFP that it, it it definitely gave me a lot of confidence, made me a better advisor, and uh, and I, I think we had a great discussion today. Um, but Brad I'll, or uh, Jim, I'll let you wrap uh, up our discussion, and then also if you don't mind, uh, kind of reminding our listeners about the Elite Advisor Lab. That's our virtual mastermind. 
Yeah, sure. You know, I, I would say um, I'll take a little bit of a different stance than Brad. Um, I think you can market your CFP. It's if if you're going up, if you're in a competitive situation. So don't be afraid to like let people know that you have this this knowledge. Uh, but use use it in the right. You know, like it's like any superpower. Use it for good and not, not for bad. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's the important thing. And then you know, I, I I think I think Greg's point and Brad's point is is well stated. Like if you can find a niche or something to leverage these kind of credentials, then you ought to do it. It, it can be really powerful for you in your business. You know, we've got in our in, in the Elite Advisor Lab, you know, this is some of our conversation we have in there is what what are the credentials and what how can you leverage these credentials to grow your business? And you know, we've got certified exit planners, we've got certified what is CDFAs, uh CFPs in there. Uh, you know, we've got some great advisors. Look, here's the thing. If you if you're if you're on this process where you're trying to grow and you want to get better and you want to be amongst advisors who share that same kind of idea and you don't want to be on an island, I want to encourage you to go out to the eliteadvisorlab.com, eliteadvisorlab.com. Join the lab. It's it's I'm not it's not free, but it's uh, it's really low cost by design. Uh, none of us are getting rich doing this at this cost. You can figure that out. But our goal is not to get rich in this. It's really to help people grow and get better. And uh, every week we do a, uh, a live call. We, sh- we we share content, our resources, our deliverables. And then once a month, we do a deep dive into our practices. And we share things that are um, that really are changing people's lives. We, 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 realistic, we, we, we are realistically, you know, we're hearing clients or our, our lab members say, I'm closing million-dollar accounts where I never did before. I, I'm My business is just on fire. And it's it's really fun. So, it, look, if you want to have that same experience, join the lab. It's a big deal. EliteAdvisorLab.com. Yeah, at, at, at the risk of at the risk of sounding salesy on this, I just have to point out because it happened this week. I don't know if this will add, but I mean, literally – Literally had a coaching, we had a an office hour session and two days later, one of the attendees said the thing we talked about, they got verbal commitment on a million bucks, but we're having trouble with people ghosting them afterwards. So we're rolling. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next week. And uh, yeah, we um, check out EliteAdvisorLab.com. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.